Chair, staff is ready when you are. Good evening. Welcome to the June Monday, June 5th, 2023, 6 p.m. Sacramento Youth Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Commissioners, can you please unmute your microphones? Commissioner Bisrat? Present. Commissioner Bergen? Present. Commissioner Corliss is absent. Commissioner Fitt? Present. Commissioner Fong? Here. Commissioner Morley? Present. Commissioner Mukadar? Present. Commissioner Patel? Present. Vice Chair Miller Segura? Present. Chair Sue? Present. Thank you. We have a quorum. I would like to remind members of the public and chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide a public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. Uh, if you are online, click on the raise hand button on the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping on the raise hand option in the more tab. If you're calling via telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine, then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their telephone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips and the raise hand feature in Zoom will be disabled. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanon people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwan Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips and no speakers with their hands raised on this item. Great. Um, thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? Motion. All second. I have a motion by Vice Chair Mila Segura and a second by Commissioner Fong. 
Will the clerk please call a roll for the vote? Thank you, Chair. Uh, commissioners, please unmute your microphones for the vote. Commissioner Bissarat? Aye. Commissioner Stormy? Aye. Commissioner Corliss is absent. Commissioner Fitt? Aye. Commissioner Fong? Aye. Commissioner Morley? Aye. Commissioner Mukadar? Aye. Commissioner Patel? Aye. Vice Chair Miller Segura? Aye. Chair Su? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Great. Um, we'll now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item number two is the Sacramento Children's Fund Strategic Planning Consultant. Is there a staff presentation? Great. Good evening, commissioners. This presentation is about the Sacramento Children's Fund, which voters passed as Measure L. The first step in determining how these funds will be used is the development of a strategic investment plan. This evening, we'll be asking you for input on the request for proposals that we'll use to identify a strategic planning consultant who will assist with that process. My name is Laura Littlefield. I'm the Grants Administration and Management Analyst. I presented to this body in April with an introduction to our team, the Office of Youth Development. And good evening. I'm Marissa Ng, Organizational and Practitioner Development Analyst in the Office of Youth Development. Alrighty. So hopefully our team's core philosophies look familiar to you from the presentation Laura provided in, in uh, April. Apologies for the shrillness. Um, inspired by the Citywide Youth Development Plan, these philosophies guide our work and the programs we design and oversee. It is Youth Voice that brings us here this evening. The Sacramento Children and Youth Health and Safety Act states that the Sacramento Youth Commission is to be consulted in the development of the five-year strategic investment plan. The city is posting a request for proposals later this month to identify a strategic planning consultant to lead the development of the strategic plan that will guide the future investment of the Sacramento Children's Fund. This plan will serve a crucial function in helping the city to determine how to best direct Sacramento Children Fund dollars for the greatest impact on Sacramento youth and families. Tonight, we are asking for your feedback around the consultant who would be leading this strategic plan process. Specifically, we're interested in hearing your feedback on what types of characteristics you all believe the ideal consultant should possess. All right, so we're gonna start with the experience requirements. Please note that these are draft requirements. Um, and as you read these first four uh, requirements, keep in mind we're interested in hearing your thoughts and reactions to what is here. Um, there are additional requirements on the next slide as well. Uh, we do ask that you hold your comments until the end of our presentation. Um, 
but we will give you a, a couple seconds to read this because there are a lot of words on that slide. Are we ready to move forward? All right. Here are the remaining draft experience requirements. So take a few moments, take a look at these. Are we, are you guys ready to move to the next slide? Yes, okay. All right, so um, this is our draft desired experience. Desired experience is helpful but not required for a firm to be eligible. And again, we do have two slides here, so we'll give you a little bit of time with this slide before we move on to the next. Okay, I'll quickly uh, move us along to the second slide here with additional desired experience. Take a few moments, take a look at these. Are we ready to move forward? All right, let's go ahead yes, to the next okay. slide. Uh, so in addition to the kinds of work firms have done, we're also interested in understanding their specific past work experiences. And again, we do have multiple slides um, that we'd like you to consider together. Are we ready to move on to the next slide? Looks like it, okay. So here are the rest of those um, additional expectations.
Uh, staff, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, we've had a request for the slides to be read for those at home who are visually impaired. Does that mean we should start back on the first slide or? This, or yeah, you can, yeah. Okay. So number five, at least three concrete examples in their past work experience where they engaged youth in planning processes and or other decision-making processes. Number six, lived experience, knowledge of and or outreach with cultures reflective of some or all of Sacramento's seven threshold languages, Arabic, Cantonese, Hmong, Russian, Spanish, Farsi, and Vietnamese. And number seven, knowledge of and experience working with all three of the city of Sacramento's major priority communities. That includes Del Paso Heights, Oak Park, and Meadowview Valley High. I guess we can go to the next thing. Okay, so finally, uh, we are interested in getting your thoughts on the criteria against which all proposals will be evaluated and scored. So those evaluation criteria are shared values and mutual benefit. Appropriateness of approach, scored at 30 points. Quality of stewardship, scored at 30 points. Budget clarity, scored at 20 points. Overall presentation quality at five points. Local business enterprise preference points or LBE preference points, if applicable, that would be a possible five points. So we're looking at a total maximum points of 105. Okay, so at this point, we'd like to open it up to hear feedback, questions, suggestions from you all with regards to either some of the draft experience uh, proposed or evaluation criteria, any of the above. Um, thank you so much for your presentation. Uh, clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips and no speakers with their hands raised on this item. All right. Um, any commissioners who would like to kick off our discussion on this item? Okay. Commissioner Bizrat. Um, thank you for your presentation. Um, I know that some of the criteria that you guys have listed can be seen as a little bit subjective. So I was wondering um, how, like what measures were you gonna take to ensure that whatever candidate you choose um, meets all of the subjective criteria that you mentioned? Um, so is there specific criteria that you're, that you're referring to? Is it the, the first couple of slides of the required experience? Okay, we can we'll go, let, back, we'll go back actually, to those slides, those um, slides as we talk to you about that. Probably one of these. Um, so 
the way that we are doing our um, review criteria is we're posing a number of questions once we finalize what those criteria categories are. There will be a number of questions and those questions will directly correlate to questions that we ask in the um, application so that it's very clear um, what prompt they're responding to and it will be um, part of the panel's responsibility to figure out what some of those, um, how to interpret those criteria. Commissioner Morley. Um, I wanted to say first, thank you for your presentation. Um, in the beginning, you mentioned that you came here tonight to ask for our input on how funds are distributed. And I just wanted to say, as someone that is um, in the neighborhood of Meadowview or Valley High, I strongly believe that some of the funds should be um, prioritized in community centers, especially for our teens and um, just children in um, general because I feel as if we do not have enough um, after-school programs to make sure that kids are staying out of trouble. Thank you. Vice Chair Miller Segura. Um, I just have a follow-up question in regards to Commissioner Bizrat's um, request for uh, clarification. Um, with the uh, qualifications and the experience that are listed in the required qualifications, how are you going to ensure that whoever is applying for the position is being, like, has complete honesty with their responses and the qualifications that they have? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, so we, when we solicit proposals, um, we trust that they're presenting themselves in authentic ways. Um, ways that we potentially check that. We could ask for um, references that we then contact. Um, we can also, there's an optional um, opportunity to do interviews to drill down a little bit more and see if that, um, um, what they're saying their experiences is coming through and those uh, answers on the spot and the way that they talk about these concepts. And as... As far as I know, that's about it, unless you have something to add to that. Yeah, just to clarify, so once the uh, request for proposals is posted on Planet Bids by the city, it would then be posted for a period of approximately one month, and a number of proposals and responses will be received during that period. Then some city staff will likely be part of the process of just screening the uh, responses to ensure that they meet kind of the baseline uh, eligibility requirements. And then from that point, it gets handed off to um, a panel that is being formed, which will consist of some city staff and community um, representation as well, um, in order to evaluate the proposals received based off of the criteria that's outlined in the RFP. So in that sense, um, each proposal will be reviewed by multiple sets of eyes to ensure that uh, the responses are authentic and really speaking to um, the nature and intent of the fund. All right, great. Um, Christian Morley, I saw your name flicking on and off here. Do you have anything else to say? Um, no. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. Um, I think I'll give my comments now. I think that um, if we could go forward to like the, 
Yeah, one more. Sorry, I, I'm forgetting the. Yeah, the okay, the desired <laughs> experience. Um, I think that a few of these are like pretty essential, and like honestly, more should be more than like just desired experience. Especially number two, like direct experience with like children's fund planning. I think that like it's like having like the experience with like planning like specific funds and like allocations of like other dollars like is like good but I think that's because this is something that's going to involve so many like separate NGOs and community members and stakeholders I think that is important to have that type of specific experience because I think other funds might not have that many people trying to like tap into this resource um, so I don't I don't know if that's like something that you can move to like a required experience but I think that'd be something good to do um, could we go to the next slide course okay um, and number six too I think that kind of ties in to like have like because I know um, the coalition that kind of like led the measure L effort they recently had like a retreat with a lot of the members of that coalition to try to like hash out any differences and kind of make sure that everything was going smooth and that um, they all had an agreement on how they were going to like move into the implementation phase so I think that from a consultant point of view if they also have the experience like being able to like mediate like maybe like potential like arguments over like specific like areas of the fund and stuff like that I think that's like a very important thing for this to be like a successful and smooth implementation so that we can quickly move into like developing the five-year plans and having it be like a more routine thing and getting out of year one I think that's a very important part of like the experience that these consultants should have um, yeah I think I think sorry oh uh, that I think that's that's what I wanted to say um, any other commissioners um, any other comments okay thank you so much for the presentation I appreciate it oh um, okay Commissioner Morley yeah I um, I just wanted to say with the panel reviewing um, the desired experience especially when it comes to the, like anti or having knowledge of social injustices and anti-blackness and that kind of thing I strongly do ask that the panel consists of diverse members of the community because you do want to make sure that people can various people can understand how some of the responses can come off and how it can come off as performative or trying to just not be authentic thank you thank you so much yeah, thank you and just quickly to tie this up here, just to let you know kind of our process moving forward, as we said, the request for proposals is slated to be posted later this month for approximately a month on Planet Bids. Then uh, the proposals will be received and screened and reviewed by this panel. Oops. And then our hope is to uh, provide an update to you all back in August um, when you reconvene after the summer to share some of the proposals received. So thank you so much for your feedback this evening. We appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much for the presentation. All right. Um, this item is received a file, so no vote is required. We'll move on to the next agenda item. Item number three is the overview of the Youth Excel Initiative and input for youth listening sessions. Is there a staff presentation? There is. Great. Awesome, perfect. Good evening, Youth Commission. I'll be, I'll be providing you with a brief overview of the Youth Excel Initiative and ask that you provide feedback specific to the listening sessions and Youth Summit, which we'll get into as we, further through, as we progress through the presentation. 
Sacramento received a grant to join the National League of Cities Youth Excel Initiative. The National League of Cities is an organization comprised of city, town, and village leaders that are focused on improving the quality of life for their current and future constituents. Economic mobility is out of reach for far too many young Americans and youth especially face barriers to accessing career pathways in high demand STEM industries. The goal of the Youth Excel Initiative is to, support, is to support cities' efforts to improve outcomes for youth and young people who are marginalized from economic success. To help inform and guide community leaders, the National League of Cities has developed the Youth Excel framework to promote long-term community economic security by one, developing partnerships and implementing strategies that improve access to quality jobs and career pathway opportunities that lead to higher wage jobs. Number two, focusing on job quality improvement strategies. And third, uh, integrating the critical voice of marginalized youth and young adults. The Youth Excel framework has three key components, expanding STEM career pathways, promoting quality jobs, and empowering youth and youth-serving organizations. Sacramento is working to create a more cohesive youth workforce development network that better aligns with efforts of public agencies, education systems, community-based organizations, and employers. Sacramento's primary goals include, one, expand STEM career pathways by aligning workforce readiness programs with industry needs to create a more cohesive youth workforce system that better aligns the efforts of public agencies, education systems, community-based organization, and STEM employers. Goal number two is to promote job quality by strengthening relationships with employers to fortify pathways into the STEM sector while creating opportunities to co-invest in workforce development. The third goal is to empower youth and youth-serving organizations by elevating existing coordination between youth-serving organizations and create a more efficient system for youth, employers, and youth-serving organizations to access the resources they need. Ensuring that the experience and opinions of youth in the, in the development of solutions is a core strategy of this work. The city aims to facilitate youth listening sessions to learn about what young people are looking for in workforce development systems. The city will be conducting six youth listening sessions with young people residing in Sacramento's priority neighborhoods and surveying youth from across the city of Sacramento. Priority neighborhoods include communities found within Del Paso Heights, Oak Park, and Meadowview Valley High. The goals of these listening sessions and surveys are to one, develop and inventory the skills and experiences that youth are seeking, two, increase understanding of how youth access resources, and three, identify the barriers that youth face in learning about accessing resources. The purpose of these sessions is to identify gaps that we will need to fill as the city, employers, school districts, and other like agencies. We need to improve the understanding of where young people go to access information about jobs, education, and training opportunities, and use these themes to educate employers. So you may be wondering, how can I sit on one of these sessions? Currently, there uh, are no more space in the two June ones that are listed as of 10 minutes ago. Um, but there are going to be two more that are going to be scheduled this week. So the QR code will be provided, and that, that will include updates, times, and locations. So I'll make sure we provide that information for you. This is the graphic that's being used currently. Questions for you to think about when you are providing feedback is the phrasing of marketing materials. Is this, is, is this how you would like to see this being phrased? Does it need to be rewarded? Would this make sense to you? 
A youth summit will be held at Sacramento State on August 9th. Among the attendees will be youth, providers, and employers. The summit will be kicked off by sharing the lessons learned from these listening sessions that I just spoke about, and the group will then break up into workshops. At the summit, uh, what types of workshops would you like to see? What types of incentives should be offered? And what are the best ways to spread the word over summer? So getting involved, how can you get involved besides being a part of the uh, feedback sessions? So you can provide feedback on the listening sessions today, as well as sitting in on them. Um, and th in that feedback is going to be outreach materials and locations. So that, that's really good information that we're looking for. Um, you can share this information with your peers um, and then provide feedback and suggestions for workshops at the Youth Summit. So that concludes my presentation. Thank you for listening. I'm available to answer any questions. Uh, there are also great um, some support staff from the mayor's office who will be available to provide insight as well if there's anything that I cannot answer for you. So this I will turn it over to you all. Any questions, comments? All right, awesome. Before we jump into commissioner comments, uh, clerk, are there any members of the public who would wish to comment on this agenda item? Thank you, chair. I have no speaker slips here in chambers and no speakers with their hands raised on this item. Great. Okay. First on my list is Vice Chair Miller Segura. Hi. Um, I'd like to request that we um, go back a few slides just back to the graphic with the QR code uh, so people have a chance to scan it if they would like to. Thank you. Yes. Here we are. Good point. Okay. Um, Commissioner Fong. So I was wondering how... Um, um, access to post-secondary education and jobs will be improved? That is a really good question. May I ask um, my friend Nicole to come on up and she can assist with that one. Hi everyone, my name's Nicole. Um, I'm with Mayor Steinberg's office. I'm supporting with this. There's a really great question. So I think that is something that's gonna be, you know, that's, that's a long-term big systems change. So what we're trying to do now is, I just kind of started the foundation is realize we have great schools, we have great nonprofits, and we have a lot of great like organizations and employers that all are really, we want to train young people, we want this to be successful. And I think what we're finding is that one of the biggest barriers is that we don't all, there's so many of us, sometimes we don't all work like we're a, like a big ecosystem. So that's where we're trying to start and say, okay, what would it look like if we could better, if we could work together better? And so, you know, if a young person goes through a program, we can better hand them off. So that's our first step, ultimately hoping to like increase young people's ability to plug into trainings or the career pathway that they want. And I just want to be like, honest that that's a long-term thing and we're starting with that, that foundation. How do we have a stronger foundation between a lot of great programs and schools that already exist? Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. Then I have a second question. Um, how will youth be made aware about the youth listening sessions? Yeah, so right now what we've been doing is using, you know, using relationships with the school districts in the area to push this out through career counselors. Also, I've shared this out. You know, we work, there's a lot of nonprofits in the city of Sacramento that work with young people. So we've been asking them to help promote it on social media um, with young people that may be currently in their programs. I'm always looking for more ways to, to get it out. And as you can see, the last one just filled up today, but we're getting more. So it's been successful, which has been exciting. But we also welcome feedback around better ways because I'm definitely not the expert on how to connect with young people. And so I'm excited to get feedback. <coughs> Thank you, and thank you for the presentation.
Commissioner McAdar. Okay, first I wanted to say thank you so much for your presentation. Um, so regarding the poster, I was thinking maybe there should be a little point about what exactly the youth forum is and its goals. Thank you, that makes sense. Commissioner Fitt. Thank you for your presentation. And um, so I understand what you meant by how you advertised this poster, but I was just wondering how you made sure that um, the people in this forum came from the priority neighborhoods so that they can give accurate feedback on what would benefit them. Yeah, thank you. So part of that was um, collecting kind of like asking folks if they want to share like what zip code do you live in most of the time so we can kind of track that there but also you know I've been fortunate to learn some of the nonprofits that really work in thinking about like uh, like Meadowview area Oak Park and also working with folks who are who are serving the young people in that area so that's helped us target a little bit more Commissioner Stormy um, for, uh, for over the summer advertisement since kids won't be in school um, Unless they have summer homework, which happens sometimes, they'll most likely be somewhere on the be somewhere on the internet, whether it's playing games with friends or finding some event to do with their friends. Uh, so yeah, definitely online, social media, basically anywhere on the internet would be good to advertise because they'll most likely see it somewhere. So yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Commissioner Bizrat. Thank you for your presentation. I really like this initiative. It's really incredible. Um, I think that, I mean, bouncing off what you said earlier, um, the goal of this initiative is pretty a big, a very big goal. And I was wondering, since these listening sessions will have a lot of things that youth will want to talk about, how will you um, correctly like prioritize certain discussions and make sure that these listening sessions are effective in um, gathering what the youth need and implementing them further? Yeah, that is a fantastic question. So luckily we've been working in partnership for Alliance for Education Services, so we have some reps there. Um, but working in partnership with a nonprofit here in Sacramento, part of that means working with an evaluation team. So when we're doing these type of interviews or surveys or listening sessions, you develop a, what's called a protocol with like the seven core questions um, to help us guide that. And then to your point, you know, people get really energized talking about this stuff and there's a lot of really big needs um, in the community and how do we guide back so that we can get information that really the city has the ability to act on, like you said. So it's been a combination of really sticking to like a set of questions that we've, we've um, kind of identified to, be, to lead to information that the city could do something about or try to. Um, and then the follow-up is just having really great team members, really great youth research analysts who are guiding the facilitation and the ability to say, hey, this, if we go off topic, the ability to say, hey, this was really important information and I need to guide us back to, to the original question. Vice Chair Miller Segura. Um, in regards to advertisements, um, targeting colleges especially may be a good route to go. I know many high schoolers who take college classes, especially seniors and juniors, um, who take classes at the colleges. And then if you're also targeting um, young adults from the age, the age of 18 to 24 and slightly older, um, many 
students uh, tend to gravitate towards college campuses, uh, community college centers, um, are also where events are held very frequently for youth voices. So even just putting a poster up or requesting like five to ten minutes at high school campuses or college campuses to give a um, informative presentation to groups who are interested it could be a good road, um, a good route to go. Awesome, thank you. All right, any other commissioner comments? All right, um, I guess I'll give my two cents now. Um, so I think first of all, just for the commissioners here. Um, Dominique did send out an email earlier um, kind of talking about this, and there's a lot more details in that email if y'all are interested both in participating in the listening sessions and also being someone who facilitates people getting into the listening sessions and facilitating the listening sessions yourself. It's a great summer opportunity. I think you get paid at the end of it like 400 or something bucks. Um, it's really cool. So um, if you have time during the summer, I think that's a great opportunity um, as well to involve yourself in this on a deeper level. Um, yeah, and then I just I just wanted sorry um, I just wanted to ask um, were y'all looking for feedback on anything in particular other than like this like flyer? Um, yeah, so I think I appreciate the support with outreach. Um, thinking about because summer is a challenging time to to get outreach. I think that was very helpful. Um, I think looking forward um, to the summit that we're going to be hosting in August. Um, it's all going to be about you know accessing STEM careers, so, so science, technology, engineering, and math. So if you have, either today or in the future, I'm happy to share my contact information around feedback around like you shared outreach for how to get young people there, and also like actually what would make this something worth coming to on a summer day, um, and also thinking about incentives. I think it's important. You know, we I, we honor the time of young people as well. So like, what would actually make someone get up and come to this, both in like a cool breakout session, a cool workshop, or some kind of incentive? Because we do value the time of young people, and it is summer. Okay, that's great. Um, I guess we'll stay posted for your contact info in case we have any other comments and questions and stuff like that. Um, unless there are any other commissioners who wish to speak on this item. Um, oh, again, thank you for the presentation. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll move to the next item. Um, item number four is Streets for People, Sacramento Active Transportation Plan, Phase 1. Is there a staff presentation? Yes, there is. Commissioners, my name is Jeff Gelsma. I am a transportation planner with the City of Sacramento Public Works Department. I'm here to talk to you about the Streets for People Active Transportation Plan and our Phase One outreach um, efforts that are going on right now. So, myself, Leslie Mansiwa behind me, as well as Sharice Padilla, are on the project team from the city, and excited to talk to you about this. So, I am just going to go over the background of the project. Um, as well as overview of the project to date and the timeline that we're looking at right now, as well as our phase one outreach and engagement and how to get involved. So this project started as the active transportation audits project um, in the summer of 2021, uh, which focused on active transportation safety and connectivity in three community planning areas in the city, which are highlighted in the, in the map on the on the slide. So North Sacramento, Fruit Ridge Broadway, as well as South Sacramento. Um, so the project was a direct response to the Mayor's Commission on Climate Change, Year 1 project recommendations to conduct comprehensive neighborhood-level audits to identify deficient active transportation infrastructure 
um, in those three community planning areas. Uh, the plan was to focus on decreasing greenhouse gas emissions as well as vehicle miles traveled. Um, and the Office of Sustainability uh, chose those focus areas specifically because they have been historically disinvested as well as overburdened with pollution. But due to staffing changes, um, we had to put the project on hold in fall 2021. So um, I'm happy to report that we are now fully staffed up, including myself, which I started last July. Um, and so we've been able to kick off the project again, but in a new capacity. So we've been able to ex um, expand the project um, from the previous iteration of just focusing on those three specific areas to go citywide and update our, our active transportation plan. So we will still be focusing on those three, those areas, the South Sacramento, North Sacramento, as well as Fruit Ridge Broadway. Um, but we will be also including a citywide analysis of our active transportation network. So some highlights of the plan include updating our bicycle master plan as well as the pedestrian master plan, which hadn't been updated since 2016, 2008. Um, and just kind of to stay, take a step back in terms of what is a bicycle master plan or pedestrian master plan. Um, so the master plans guide the development of bikeways and as well as sidewalks and connectivity citywide um, into the future to help um, improve conditions for biking and, pedest and pedestrian uh, um, amenities citywide. So um, transportation planning and the creation of a plan is an important step to understanding what is needed in communities across the city. And it's critical to have in place in order to apply for funding um, to implement those improvements and or have those implemented with new developments such as housing or condos. So um, creating a citywide active transportation plan, which would include the bicycle master plan as well as the pedestrian master plan, um, will help the city improve pedestrian bicycle safety, uh, increase active transportation infrastructure to create more low stress bikeways as well as pedestrian sidewalks and accessible mobility options to get places where they need to go. Um, so engagement with communities during the planning process is very important so that we can understand concerns around transportation in the city as well as destinations that folks go and how they get there. So um, this is a really critical piece in, in terms of our overall planning is the engagement with the communities citywide. So other um, objectives of the plan will we'll have an assessment of the existing bike, bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure and identification of barriers to walking, rolling, and access to transit. This will include gaps in the current network for bicycling and walking, and, and also bicycling and walking in terms of the city's climate and equity goals. So um, identifying gaps that would expand accessibility to those low-stress connected active transportation options, as well as um, gaps in solutions that would reduce our overall vehicle mile traveled, and gaps in areas of the cities where there might be low car ownership. Um, as well as providing fundable, actionable project recommendations with the objective of improving safety and mobility in, this, in, in the network. So the project timeline, um, there's three major phases. Uh, we are currently in phase one, or the listen and learn phase. Um, so the project team will be engaging with residents to learn about the concerns and opportunities for improvement, as well as key destinations and how, they get, and how folks get there. 
So this phase will run through, we kicked it off in May, it'll run through probably August of this, this year. The second phase is uh, to develop recommendations. So the project team will take what we learned in phase one, and then we'll create recommendations to bring back to the communities to get more feedback and refine those recommendations. So that phase two will run through uh, fall of this year, likely into early 2024. And then the third and final phase will be taking those recommendations, putting into a plan, and then taking that plan to the, to, to the community to gain feedback as well, to further refine that and make sure that we're hitting what everyone needs in that plan. So uh, phase three will likely run through early 2025, although it doesn't show here on the timeline. I'm, I'm thinking it will. So phase one outreach, um, like I said earlier, we kicked it off in May of this year with the May's Bike Month, um, connecting with residents around, around kind of the, the excitement around May's Bike Month, and then uh, I'll kind of go further into what we're going to do with phase one in terms of engagement. So this slides a lot. Um, <laughs> But um, phase one will center on existing conditions and ground truthing to better understand destinations and community concerns in the network. Um, so the goals of this, of this phase will be, number one, to acknowledge the inequities in the transportation system um, that disproportionately impact black, indigenous, and people of color, as well as under-resourced communities. Number two will be to listen to community concerns and learn about their vision for the future of the city. Number three would be to leverage previous engagement efforts with a focus on the three focus areas that I mentioned earlier, North Sacramento, Fruit Ridge Broadway, and South Sacramento. And number four would be to collaborate with partners and residents to identify destinations, gaps in the network, and opportunities to improve safety and connectivity. So like I said earlier, the phase will run through summer, early fall of this year, and engagement will be led by city staff. So some ways that we're, we're connecting with the community, um, we have a community planning team, which is made up of various members of those three focus areas I brought up earlier. We have about 30 folks on that team. We meet with them, we've already met with them twice. We will continue to meet with them throughout each phase of the project to gain more <clears throat> feedback on, on our project activities, our engagement materials, our technical materials, you name it. Everything's gonna go through the CPT. Um, they will also help us craft our community walk and bike audits, which will be on the street audits of the current existing um, infrastructure in the three focus areas that I mentioned earlier. So we'll have six total audits throughout the project, um, two in each focus area. And then uh, we will be hosting some community workshops to invite the the community to give us feedback on the plan um, and talk about transportation in, in their neighborhood as well as destinations that you, that you go to on a daily basis as well as how you get there. Um, and then we'll also be hosting mobile workshops to meet folks where they are. We've already hosted a couple in May. We plan to do some more in June and July as well, uh, just with a table and some information about the project and how folks connect. And then um, currently we have a website up, sacstreetsforpeople.org, and then we have a, um, which 
lists out the, the basic information of the project, as well as how to sign up for the newsletter, um, in addition to events that are coming up and any documents that might be coming out pretty soon. There's also an interactive map, which I encourage you all to check out if you haven't already, um, which has a short survey with some basic information. And then um, it's an interactive map that you can plug into in terms of giving us comments on where you go, uh, gaps in the network that you might have noticed, routes that you take on the regular basis, um, or all of the above. So we'd love for you to go in there and check that out and give us your feedback on how you get around the city. And then last is how to get involved with the project. Um, so I encourage you to go to sacstreetsforpeople.org, join the mailing list, and provide feedback on the interact interactive map. Uh, you can attend one of the community workshops, which have not been confirmed yet, but they will be on the website, and we will be sending that out on the mailing list as well. Um, and then to share events for us to go to. Uh, I mean, we're always looking for great events to attend, to connect with the community. Um, and we're open to feedback if you have any good events coming up that you think um, folks would want to connect about this plan. And then to please share this with your community so that we can have a broader reach on that interactive map as well as the workshops so we can get as much feedback as possible. All right, well, that concludes my presentation. I'll open up for feedback and questions. Great. Thank you for the presentation. Um, Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this agenda item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips and no speakers with their hands raised on this item. Great. Um, any commissioners who would wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Fong. Um, first of all, thank you for the great presentation. Um, I was wondering how the community and mobile workshops will be advertised. Are they just going to be on your website, or are you going to like inform different communities about them through other ways, too? Yeah, we're looking to <clears throat> um, send it out via the, the mailing list, as well as uh, we're working on a social media toolkit so that we can send it out via social media. Um, Again, we would love your feedback on, on the best way to connect with folks. Um, obviously, we're, we're always trying to connect in better ways, and um, we would love your We'd feedback. love to steal that idea that you, um, yeah. <laughs> about the colleges. And so anything yeah. like that that you have to share, we'd love to hear. Sorry, this is my voice. <clears throat> Commissioner Mukadar. Firstly, thank you so much for your presentation. And I wanted to say regarding on reaching out to people, I believe bus stops and public transportation near schools would be a really great idea because I know so many people take the public transit home, walk home, and those areas would be really beneficial. And one more thing, I had a question. Are there any plans in place regarding safety and like transportation people walking by and getting through during these constructions? <laughs> that is a great question. We are actually working right now on our con construction detour policy because we recognize that while construction is happening and you're being detoured around it, we still need to have facilities where people can safely bike and walk. So we don't have an adopted plan yet, but it is in our team's hands right now. And we should have one within the next few months. Commissioner Patel. 
Thank you for your presentation. Um, following up <coughs> kind of on Commissioner Fong's question, um, it, like, is this um, going, like, do you have a specific age demographic that you're targeting within this, um, the highlighted communities? Because I think that factors such as these will uh, change how you want to reach out to people. Um, yeah, the community planning team in particular is a very diverse group of folks. Um, it ranges in age, ethnicity, um, you name it. So uh, the community planning team, we're hoping to lean on in terms of getting feedback on our engagement strategies, um, and we're hoping to, to have that youth voice in there, but um, it could definitely be, we could definitely always use feedback from you all as well. And in addition to the youth voice being important, we also recognize that older adults are really an important demographic in this effort. So um, we really are focusing engagement in those three focus areas, but we look to get a wide audience of uh, community members participating. Great, thank you. Um, Vice Chair Miller-Segura. Um, in regards to reaching out to people um, in order to get them involved, I think for youth specifically, a good way to looking at it besides just the colleges, um, I know every SUSD district school site um, ha is allows guest presentations during lunch times, after schools, or before schools um, in a side along room where they give an announcement to the general school system, be like, "Hey, room 13 right now, there are is a guest presentation about so and so and so. If you want to go and check it out." Um, if that is, that is an option, you can request um, to any SUSD school to do that. For older people, um, if you wanted to check out their park presentations that you can do, where most parks that hold community events will allow you to make presentations within those areas. Thank you. Can I have a follow-up question? Um, since most of our phase one engagement will be during the summer, um, are a lot of the local schools active hubs during the summer, or are they pretty much dead? <laughs> um, I'd say the majority are mostly dead unless you're looking for um, summer school people, but colleges are pretty active during this time, and um, most schools, like, I know the Catholic schools, I think, get back, um, like, a month earlier than the district schools, district schools get back, and there are still SUSD schools currently that are going to be open until June 14th. Great. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Um, any ideas of other places where you all will be hanging out over the summer? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Anyone? Um, I would say that I love coffee, so when I go to my neighborhood Starbucks or other coffee places, there's always a bulletin board, and you can always promote there because I know I look when I'm waiting for my drink, so that's just an idea. We heard earlier Taco Bell, and I heard previously Jamba Juice is a good one. <laughs> um, I think if you're, like I said earlier, parks for older people, but also for youth, because we tend to gravitate towards the outdoors, and those are the most accessible areas, since there tend to be neighborhood parks that people can go to. So, Well, yes, and something I wanted to mention of... Um, I think it came up in a previous presentation about like what would get you to do this activity during your summertime. I think the biking and walking um, workshops that we're doing could be really fun activities for people to do with their friends. And so we'll definitely, as soon as those are scheduled, share out those dates and our media toolkit for you all to hopefully share. Great. Okay. 
Um, let's keep going down the list. Commissioner Fong? Um, yeah, I think it would be a great idea if some of the workshops were outside. That could get more people to go to them. And then I'd also recommend like advertising around like bike racks that lots of people go to and then maybe community centers. And a lot of schools, they are still doing summer school. So you can also like put up um, posters by bike racks at schools that have them. Like I know McClatchy has a pretty big bike rack that a lot of people use. Awesome, thank you. Great, Commissioner Patel. Um, another idea, I'm not sure if this is mentioned, but li like public libraries often have either bulletin boards or also like community rooms where you could probably give presentations. And I know um, the one, the public library in my community personally is um, somewhere a lot of kids go after school and then a lot of adults also take kids and so everybody kind of goes there. Commissioner Mukadar. In regarding youth and reaching out and getting it, so there are after school programs. I currently work for one. I know that would be a really good idea if you reach out to the programs and the managers. Like, I know like the one my program manager is from a program called the Center, and they really work to reach out to youth and other people about these types of things. And I know a lot of popular places would also be good, like putting up posters around like Delta Shores, Arden Fair Mall, because I know a lot of youth go to like those little areas in theaters too. And also around a lot of public transport, like the rail, the light rail station, bus stops, just places like that. Commissioner Stormy. Uh, so, Pla so Planet Fitness has um, this free thing for students over the summer. So if you're looking for youth, there might be a, there might be a few there, or just at other gyms, um, yeah. and specifically and sp <laughs> specifically ones at gyms will be more athletic, so they'll be more into running and biking, maybe. So that's a place to advertise if you can talk to them about it. Commissioner Bizrat. Um, I have yet another suggestion. Yeah. Um, I know that in our area in District 1 in Natomas, there are a lot of community centers like the library that Commissioner Patel was talking about or our um, water park, kind of. Not really a water park. It's just a big swimming pool. Mm -hmm. um, especially in the summer, those type of places where youth will kind of congregate. I know we have a lot of parks that utilize, like, water-themed things to, like, cool youth down and stuff like that. And in tandem with that, there is, I'm not sure if it reaches out to other regions in Sacramento, but I know that Natomas has the Jibe organization mm -hmm. that you can probably work alongside. They have an Instagram that I know a couple, like many youth follow. And they work really closely with schools, um, specifically like walking Wednesdays or like biking to school instead of um, driving. Um, so, I mean, that would be probably more beneficial for you guys during the, while school is in session, but um, that probably is one way to reach out to more people. Love job. <laughs> Great. Um, any other commissioners who would wish to speak on this item? Okay. Um, I think everything else that I was going to say was covered. It's pretty, pretty extensive. I don't think I can add much to that. Um, so thank you again for the presentation. Um, this item is receiving file, so no vote is required. And we'll move on to the next one. Thank you so much. This was really great feedback, and we look forward to coming back to you all. Thank you. 
Item number five is the public review draft of the Sacramento 2040 general plan and climate action and adoption plan. Is there a staff presentation? Cool. Right. Good evening, Chair Shu and Commissioners. My name is Amy Yang. I'm an Associate Planner with the Community Development Department. Uh, joining me tonight is Remy Mendoza, Senior Planner, who's the Project Manager of uh, the Sacramento General Plan. Um, I should have mentioned I'm the Deputy Project Manager, which is why I'm here tonight. Uh, also with us is Vic Randall. He is the Project Manager of the Climate Action and Adaptation Plan. So all of us will be available for questions after this presentation. So today our presentation is about a significant multi-year planning project called Sacramento 2040. It includes an update for two important planning documents, the city's general plan and the climate action adaptation plan. And beginning on April 28th, the draft plans for both documents became available for public review. So we're really excited to share them with you today and to highlight some key aspects of the plan for this commission. We'll start the presentation with some background and overview of the project, then focus in on some of the key actions presented by both plans. And then finally, we'll talk about how we're collecting input um, for these draft documents and the next steps prior to adoption of the plans in early 2024. So what exactly is Sacramento 2040? A minute ago, I mentioned that Sacramento 2040 includes the general plan and the climate action uh, and adaptation plan. The general plan is a document that is required by state law. It's the city's long-term 20-year vision or blueprint for urban development and preservation in the city. The climate action and adaptation plan is a document that positions the city to reduce greenhouse gas emissions while adapting to inevitable climate change impacts. It also sets ambitious targets and identifies key strategies and actions to achieve carbon neutrality by 2045. Sacramento 2040 also includes a master, impact, master environmental impact report, which analyzes the environmental impacts and effects that arise from implementing these plans. This document is currently under development and we expect it'll be available in the fall. So why are we updating the plans? First of all, it's been over 10 years since we've done a comprehensive update. Second, Sacramento is one of the fastest growing cities in California. By 2040, our city is projected to grow by 69,000 new housing units and 77,000 new jobs. And we wanna make sure that we are planning accordingly and growing responsibly. Third, this is an opportunity to address new and emerging issues, trends, and opportunities, such as how to address the effects of climate change. This pyramid depicts the general plan in relation to other planning tools and documents. At the very top of the pyramid is the general plan, which serves as an overarching umbrella document for all other plans and codes. The general plan is more long-term, more general, all other specific plans, ordinances, and codes must be consistent with the general plan. This includes some parallel efforts underway, such as Parks Plan 2040. We are now in the early stages of phase four, which includes the refinement of our draft documents. These documents were informed by lots of input in phases one and two, where we heard from thousands of community members. From this input, we developed a vision 
and set of guiding principles that was adopted by council in 2019, and then 10 key strategies that were adopted by council in 2021. Since then, we've been working in phase three. We've been working diligently for the past two years, writing and refining these policies, working across departments and doing our best to make sure these documents incorporate best practices and also reflect the community's vision. Now in phase four, we are taking the draft documents back to the community to make sure we got it right. All right, when you open the general plan document, uh, you will see that it is, it is organized into four parts. Part one includes the introduction as well as the sustainability and equity chapter, which underscores our efforts to weave sustainability and equity throughout the general plan. It also includes indicators to track our progress towards a more equitable and sustainable city. Part two is the heart of the general plan. It contains goals, policies, and implementing actions that will guide development in the city over a 20-year planning horizon. It includes eight elements, including the youth, parks, recreation, and open space element, the mobility element, and the EJ element, just to name a few. Part three includes 10 community plans and special study areas. The community plans include additional community-specific policies that complement city policies found in part two. Part four is about administration and implementation of the general plan. A large portion of this includes the implementation table, which lists all of the implementing actions in the general plan. And finally, we have a set of appendices, which include the adopted vision and guiding principles, the glossary, and photo credits. The Climate Action and Adaptation Plan, or CAP for short, is an accompanying document that complements the general plan and includes a greenhouse gas inventory detailing Sacramento's greenhouse gas emissions by sector. This inventory is the basis for 12 measures and a range of actions to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions to meet 2030 state mandates and reach carbon neutrality by 2045. The CAP also includes a climate change vulnerability assessment that uses data-driven analysis to project the likely effects of climate change in Sacramento with special consideration of how projected impacts will affect the most vulnerable members of our community. Finally, the adaptation chapter of the CAP includes six primary adaptation goals and a range of policies and actions for adapting to the projected impacts of climate change. So now we will move on to some key policies and actions. The general plan and CAP cover a lot of different things and different issues. In this presentation, we highlight some of the bold key actions we are proposing in these plans. So in the plans, some of the key actions and policies include expanding housing types throughout the city, incentives to attract infill to corridors and centers, increased development intensity within a quarter mile of transit, prohibiting new drive-through restaurants near transit, limiting expansion of gas stations um, unless EV charging is provided, new graduate workforce integration, heat reduction in the public realm, neighborhood resilience plans, the urban forest plan, as well as studying the amortization of polluting industries, prioritizing investments in historically disadvantaged neighborhoods, developing healthy food zoning, supporting urban ag, high frequency transit service, prioritizing pedestrians and bicyclists um, over cars on the roadways, 
um, expanding broadband access, making sure that we are meeting our parkland service standard of five acres per 1,000 residents, and meeting our parkland access standard of 10 minute, uh, making sure that all residences are within a 10 minute walk of any parks or recreation facility. Um, also, introducing a performance-based system for prioritizing facility investments. All right, so earlier I mentioned a set of indicators within the sustainability and equity chapter. These indicators are intended to measure our progress towards a more sustainable and equitable future, especially as we implement the general plan. So a metric has been identified for each indicator which will help us with annual reporting to decision makers and community members. These indicators include measuring park access, tree canopy coverage, and healthy food access. Some key cap uh, actions include increasing urban tree canopy cover, increasing heat reducing amenities in parks, increasing carbon sequestration potential, establishing climate informed infrastructure planning, Considering city-owned facilities for dual use as resiliency centers, improving water efficiency, encouraging low water landscapes, as well as studying the conversion of sports fields to synthetic turf. So now we'll talk about how community members, including commissioners, can provide input. To collect input, we have put together a self-guided online workshop. So to access this workshop, you simply go to our project page, which is on the screen. It is uh, sac2040gpu.org. Uh, when you enter our project page, you'll see a big blue button right up front that says, Enter Self-Guided Online Workshops. So you click on that, and you'll see the landing page for our workshop, which is uh, shown on screen right here. There's a great introductory video. It's only six minutes long. It'll give her an overview of all the things that we've done in the beginning and how we're trying to collect input now and how you can use this online workshop to provide input yourself. This workshop is broken up into several stations um, and to give you kind of a breadth of what we've tried to do here, between the general plan and the cap, we've got over a thousand pages of stuff to read and to process. And so through the stations, we've tried to digest it into kind of the main points. So anyone that goes into this workshop, they can click on a station, they can spend as little as 10 minutes on each station, or they can do a really deep dive, spend hours if they wanted to. Um, you can do one station, you can do two stations, you can do all of the stations. So it's really kind of a pick your own adventure sort of workshop that we've tried to provide here. This is also the stations. Um, materials are also available in Chinese and Spanish and it is all available online through August 2023. All right, so this summer, um, we'll be going to a bunch of commissions, such as like the one we're at right now. We'll also be going to city council. We have three orientation webinars scheduled. This, uh, the first one already happened. The second one's happening tomorrow at 10 a.m. Um, we're also planning to be at festivals and markets with pop-up booths to try to get people excited about it and interested in engaging with our online workshop. Um, we're also preparing press releases, social media content, email blasts to hopefully get the word out throughout the summer. As I mentioned earlier, we're also working on the Master Environmental Impact Report, which will be released in a few months. 
Um, once again, self-guided online workshop uh, is available through August, and we expect to take this document, or the, both of these documents, um, to City Council for hearings and adoption in early 2024. Um, so that concludes our presentation. We would welcome any feedback on process and next steps. And thank you very much. Great. Um, thank you for the presentation. Clerk, are there any members of the public who would wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips and no speakers with their hands raised on this item. All right. Um, commissioners, Commissioner Fong. Um, yeah, I had a couple questions um, about things in the general plan. So I was wondering how um, urban tr like tree planning will be increased. That's a great question. And if I'm going to go back a couple slides. Unfortunately, my answer is not going to be that exciting. <laughs> um, so I'm going back to the pyramid slide. It'll there we go. Um, so the general plan is a very high-level document. Um, it provides very general direction. So basically, the policy that directs um, the city staff to you know try to work towards increasing tree canopy is really just it's kind of limited to that. Our implementation of that policy is where it gets exciting. Um, we've got like the Parks Plan 2040. We've got the Urban Forest Master Plan. And so it's in policy documents like that is where you'll find the details for that. Okay, thank you. So would that be like in codes and like other like requirements in the general plan that like a certain like number of trees or like more trees have to be planted? I think the details would have to be worked out in those other plans, but I'm gonna let Remy explain. Good afternoon, Chair and Commissioners. Remy Mendoza, Senior Planner with Long Range Planning. Uh, Amy's right, uh, the general plan sends out sort of an umbrella document for uh, many of the other plans, such as the Urban Forest Plan and the Parks Plan 2040. They're going to have many more details in terms of uh, how this goal is implemented. But some examples uh, could include uh, planting additional trees in the public realm, whether it's in city parks or in um, uh, uh, where we have street infrastructure, but also uh, we rely on homeowners as well. So as part of private development, we could look at new development standards for planting trees, whether it's in the front yards or potentially in backyards as well, in order to encourage increase the tree canopy. Uh, the urban forest plan does include a snapshot of a baseline assessment where we've identified the neighborhoods throughout the city of Sacramento where there's a deficiency in tree canopy coverage and where we could prior and where also where there's um, urban uh, heat islands and extreme heat occurring in our most underserved and disadvantaged communities. So we want to prioritize our investments um, and interventions in those areas as well. Thank you. Commissioner Bizat. I know this, well, firstly, thank you for such a great presentation. Um, this might be a super specific question as well um, due to the nature, the general nature of the general plan. But one thing that really stood out to me was the healthy food zoning and um, the large, just the large issue that is food deserts in a lot of the um, under, underserved communities in Sacramento. And I was wondering, um, since, you know, implementing more healthy food options for underserved communities does tend to um, require like 
inhabitants to pay more for either more organic food or just healthier food options in like in contrast to fast food and stuff like that. I was wondering if there would be um, steps taken to kind of reduce that burden on the inhabitants or would inhabitants have to like take care of that themselves? Commissioner, uh, that's a really good question. I would hope that um, this would not result in an increased uh, burden or increased cost to underserved residents by trying to provide healthy food options. I don't think that necessarily means um, higher priced organic food, uh, but it could mean uh, facilitating uh, urban agricultural uh, within our underserved communities to make sure that the residents have access to community gardens or can uh, pursue urban agriculture, perhaps also providing uh, tax incentives. Uh, to grocery stores in order to help attract grocery stores within our underserved areas, making sure that we have flexible zoning, commercial zoning, the right type of zoning for, um, in order to attract uh, the right grocers in underserved areas and identify where those deficiencies occur within a half mile of, or a mile of our underserved communities. Um, additionally, we could look at uh, prohibiting undesirable uses such as um, or unhealthy uses, uh, such as tobacco within a certain distance of schools um, or wherever there's an over-concentration uh, with underserved communities in order to help promote um, access to healthy foods. Okay, um, any other commissioners? Okay, um, before we move on, um, I know you talked about the website area where people could go in and um, give feedback on like those nine different things that was on the slide. So was there anything else that y'all were looking specifically feedback from commissioners wise? We welcome any feedback on that particular topic. Uh, we were listening attentively to the previous presentation, the feedback that you provided, and taking down copious notes and learning about all of the wonderful places where the youth hang out and where we would be able to uh, promote our um, review and comment of the general plan. So uh, thank you for, for that information. But any additional information or feedback that you would provide would be very welcome. All right. Other commissioners? All right. Uh, great. I think that's it. Uh, we look to hearing from you all in the future and see where this goes. Good luck. Thank you. Have a good evening. All right. Um, we will now proceed to, oh, this item is received and file, so no vote is required. We will now move on to the next item. Item number six is approval of the Sacramento Youth Commission 2023 annual plan. Sarah, stuff, presentation, great. Okay. Hello again, commissioners. Um, so item number six, as Chair Sue said, is the approval of the Sacramento Youth Commission's 2023 annual plan. It's a little bit hard to believe that we're doing this in June, uh, yet here we are. Um, so in addition to the Sacramento Youth Commission's stated powers and duties, responsibilities surrounding the upcoming partnership with the Children's Fund Planning and Oversight Committee, Staff recommends that Sacramento Youth Commission adopt a commitment to take on three areas of focus for the remainder of 2023. The areas of focus are based upon commissioner feedback, past project, and feasibilities. Um, focus one, uh, recommended focus number one, would be Sacramento Youth Voice, a citywide outreach effort to promote the Sacramento Youth Commission as the official youth voice of Sacramento. Staff recommend commissioners create small work groups to develop a channel of outreach, collaborating, advocacy, and leadership. In turn, providing citywide youth with a channel to project youth voice. 
Recommended focus area number two is youth mental health. Youth mental health continues to rise to the surface as a concern slash area of focus through numerous data channels and feedback. This information shine a bright light on not only the lack of access and affordability of youth mental health services, but an additional barrier of garnering parent support and accessing mental health services for youth under the age of 18. Finally, focus area number three would be the Aggie Square project. This partnership originally, this partnership with the Sacramento Youth Commission and they originally began in 2022 with the creation of the Aggie Square ad hoc. The Youth Commission has been a huge supporter and partner on this project by engaging in outreach efforts to gain feedback from Sacramento youth. This feedback is ensuring the Aggie Square project is in line with today's youth. SYC's continued partnership with Aggie Square support team would be beneficial to the youth in Sacramento by providing input on what programs, services, and jobs they hope to see come from the Aggie Square project. The goal for this project would be to work with the Aggie Square team to develop outreach efforts and youth opportunities, as well as provide input on innovative program that is inclusive of youth STEAM programming. I will note that this is the um, final meeting before we go into summer recess. Um, so the idea is that we're going to create these work groups. Uh, you will meet and convene and then report back in August. So that's going to be kind of how that process goes. The August 7th business meeting will be, again, the next time we meet as an official body. Um, so that does conclude my presentation. If you have any questions before you begin a discussion, I'm happy to take those. Okay. Um, before we move to that, Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips in chambers and no members of the public with their hands raised on this item. Great. Okay. Let's get into it. Uh, Commissioner Fong. Um, yeah. I was wondering, would we be working in the different um, work groups during the summer recess, or would we start the work um, once we had our next meeting in August? The, the work can start pretty immediately. The way I understand it is these work groups, they definitely need to be under quorum. So right now, six is quorum for the Youth Commission. Um, it's strongly recommended that work groups are no more than two or three individuals. There can be several work groups underneath uh, a youth area focus. So, for instance, if um, you adopt these and, we, and you, you undertake Sacramento Youth Voice, there can be a work group that works on outreach. There can be a work group that works on a culminating activity. There can be a work group that works on um, marketing or research. It just really depends, and that's that's kind of part of the discussion. As far as establishing those work groups, th that can happen outside of this business meeting. Um, we'll help Chair Sue develop an email that will go out, BCC to everybody, um, just as a general interest, who's interested in working on which which group. Um, and then focus or work groups can be established based upon that. Um, it's important that they stay under quorum uh, because we are not going to be, they're not going to be committees. Uh, these are, are going to be work groups so that we can actually um, move forward immediately. Um, so that's kind of, hopefully that answers your question. But it will happen in the summer. Report back in August, but work will continue to happen through, de through December. So in November, we will put this plan all together for 2024. You will vote and adopt 2024's annual plan in December for implementation starting in January. So we are getting a little bit behind. Commission didn't start until March this year. Um, so that's kind of how this year is going to roll out. Okay, great. Commissioner Bizrat. Um, I had a question more specific to Aggie Square. Perfect. Um, I was wondering, um, has 
the Youth Commission worked hands-on with Aggie Square before, and if so, what, what did they provide to the project? Yes, yes they have. Um, so last year they had a uh, culminating activity where they provide, I think it was close to like listening sessions and um, garnering feedback from youth, so they put together an event that was supported by Aggie Square and youth participated in that um, and interacted with commissioners as well as some community-based organizations, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I started in uh, August of 2022, so I missed that portion, but uh, that's my general understanding of how that um, was rolled out. And so similarly, we would work with the city of Sacramento's Aggie Square team to, and we, we, we heard their presentation earlier this year, um, to jump right back in kind of to where we were at. And is that something that they would like again, or is there something different that they would want from the Youth Commission? Well, I think that is something they're interested in uh, looking for. However, they're moving into different phases, and so the opportunities beyond that are, are there. Um, so these work groups would work directly with um, adult allies to potentially set up meetings and, and really work with the city team to move that forward. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Commissioner Bizarra, if I can kind of elaborate on that. Um, it was, yes. yeah, of course. Um, it was like four of us commissioners we had at the time we were allowed to do ad hoc committees. Um, so we had an Aggie Square ad hoc, and four of us went to present at Sacramento Language Academy, which is literally like right next to the development. And we got a whole bunch of both elementary schoolers and members and from like the surrounding community to come in. And we had like, you know, those like, um, like, big sticky notes that we put on the wall sometimes for like the capacity limits. Like we had some of those and they were just able to like write down their ideas and kind of what they wanted to see um, in the Aggie Square development. Um, and then that's what I referenced last time when they presented to us that I was glad to see that they took into our feedback and the stuff that they got at like the previous listening, listening sessions. Like that was the stuff um, that happened at that listening session. And I think um, to kind of answer your other question, like would they still want that? Um, I think they do. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I think last time when we ended, like our like listening group with us, um, they're like, we want to hire you guys as consultants. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would still want us to like help in some capacity. Um, like Sarah said, they have moved into different phases, so I'm not exactly sure exactly what they would want from us. Um, but that's I think that's definitely um, something that can happen. Okay, um, Vice Chair Miller-Segura. Uh, so I know that the working, sorry, um, the uh, annual plan is going to be a mostly year-long project, and as we get into this year, there are going to be new commissioners added to the um, to the commission throughout the year. Um, once we get further into this project and more commissioners are added to the commission, how are we going to be integrating them into the projects so that they are fully aware of what's going on and how they can um, feel supported and have their voice feel shared without them thinking that other people are like miles ahead of them so that way they understand the projects completely? Really great question. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about coming up is Dominique has been working with a, a couple commissioners to put together a manual. So we're really looking at the orientation process. We understand that commissioners are going to be continually added. Um, some may move on uh, as their 
school circumstances change. And so uh, just like group agreements and everything like that, these are going to be all evolving. And so we're going to continue to take notes and track the progress of each work group. That's why this report back is insanely important. So that way, not only do we know what's going on, but the, your fellow commissioners do. Um, and so hopefully those are going to be the kinds of things that we use to keep them um, informed and up to speed. Plus, these work groups can be changed. So they're not set in stone. That's the semi-great part about work groups is that they're not set in stone um, and they could be fluid as well. So if someone is out of season for a sport or they're in a club group and they're like, I just don't have the extra time to, to uh, participate in a work group, but that circumstance has changed, changes coming in the summer or as the fall comes around, you can change your mind and say, hey, I'm interested in being on a work group and we can see what availability there is. Does that answer your question? All right, perfect. Okay, great. Other commissioners? Okay. Um, I think if I could kind of speak on some of, like, the three kind of ideas, I think that um, Aggie Square is probably, like, the easiest and, like, most concrete one that there is to get um, actual action to happen. And I think kind of going in reverse order of the way that they're listed, they become increasingly more vague on what the commission can concretely do to increase like our ability in these areas. Um, so I think that if we can kind of like continue this discussion to see as a group before we have to do this on email, because I know that's going to be a pain in the ass, um, what kind of things we want to see specifically from these areas. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be like concrete ideas. We don't have to like decide and like vote on anything right now. I just want to see like what people would be interested in doing. Um, and I think before we go into that, I can give some like kind of things of what we've done in the past and kind of what has worked and what has what hasn't. Um, so I think um, a few years prior, we had um, a mental health culminating event. I've probably spoken about this before, just just to remind y'all, um, we had it at the skate park and we had resources. We had a food truck. We were able to get community members to come in, so that worked. Um, and we had a research group, a social media group. Um, Reach group, I'm not exactly sure the specific three groups, but we divided it up um, within the commission in that kind of way. And I think that for either Youth Voice or Mental Health, we can do a similar thing. We can have like a social media promotion group, a research group, and then they can like collaborate together to create a kind of event. And I think that also if we don't want to create an event and it's maybe like two or three commissioners that are working on one area, I think that's also a possibility. We can just do more like publicizing and um, kind of outreach via social media, or we could have like a little pop-up, but it doesn't have to be like also a huge thing. Um, yeah, so that's kind of just like ideas to kind of just get ideas flowing before, like I said, we have to do all this figuring out on email, which I think will be a pain. Can I add something really quick? Yeah. The reason they are vague is because we don't want to speak for you. So that is there on intentionally because this is your annual plan. And so these ideas were garnered off of conversations, the one-on-ones you've had with Dominique. We, prevent, we provided you with a survey. Um, there's a lot of other data analysis areas that we pulled the information from. So they're vague on purpose, um, specifically so you can get together in these work groups and, and decide what's feasible for us to complete in 
you know, a short amount of time. But you also don't necessarily have to have this end in December. You can come back and say, we are not done. We have a lot more work to do in this area. Let's vote to continue working on this in 2024. Once you have a more concrete um, idea. But we are kind of a little bit behind the eight ball. We're, it's June. We're not meeting again until August 7th. And so um, it just kind of just kickstarts us. So I, I do appreciate um, you mentioning that, but I really want, I kind of want to make sure you all know we don't want to speak for you. And that's really that where it is. So if you all decide as a group, you want to toss these three out and come up with three other ones or two other ones or one other ones, that's your prerogative. Um, this is just your time to have those that that conversation and dialogue. Yeah, of course. And uh, my, my calling it vague was not supposed to be like a shot at y'all. It wasn't. Not, I, I just wanted to yeah. make it clear. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying Thank to you. facilitate commissioner discussion and try to get some ideas out there. You did great. Thank you. Okay. Um, Vice Chair Millisker. Okay. Um, I'm thinking um, currently as, sorry, mind blanked out for a second. Um, in regards to the mental health um uh, project. I think that a way to go about this um, in importance would be resources provided to youth um, in different communities, especially um, in underdeveloped communities or communities with um, less like privileged opportunities. Uh, access to mental health resources has rapidly been on a decline or just um, increasingly inaccessible to youth, especially youth um, who are who have guided. Um, who have parents or um, people who lo are looking after them who don't have the accessibility or re refuse to give them those resources. So providing these resources that are at a low cost to, to no cost at all um, that they can find that aren't just like on the back of their IDs, that's a phone number, things that they can actually use in their day-to-day -day life um, that are active, hands-on things, I think would be a route that would be important to go to if we do choose mental health. I think that, to add another thing to the conversation before I move on to the next speaker, um, we have like had in previous commissions conversations about doing things like that and kind of like attacking these issues at like the very like root of what's causing the issue. And, and while that's like obviously like a valiant cause and something that needs to be done, I think that um, as a commission, it's also a very difficult thing to do and I don't mean to shoot your idea down or like invalidate it at all. I think it's something that's very necessary, but I think that it's just like, we also do have to consider the feasibility of some of the ideas and be real with ourselves. Like we have class, like we have school, like we're all involved kids. We're gonna be doing stuff over the summertime and we don't have like, we're not getting paid to like dedicate our entire lives to doing this stuff. Um, so I think that we also have to consider what is tangible for us to dedicate time to, and what do we think that we can achieve? Um, okay, Commissioner Fong. Yeah, so I was wondering what some what other commissioners um, think of this idea. If we ended up not doing mental health, but if we did one of the other ones, could we maybe have like a like work group to also like continue like publicizing all of the city's resources on mental health? Because I think. Like just like publicizing that and increasing access is a pretty easy thing to do. And if we didn't want to have an event for that, but just want to like increase access to those resources, I think that would be pretty easy to just have one work group for that if we ended up doing something else. Commissioner Bizrat. 
Um, well, I wanted to continue the conversation about the mental health project. I mean, since the commission has had pre-existing work in this realm specifically, and to me, it seems as though it was pretty successful. Um, I think maybe following in those footsteps and um, kind of like just reusing the different aspects that you guys used in the last um, term would kind of help make this a little bit more concrete maybe. And then um, in turn also kind of trying to expand and venture past um, those past measures that you guys might have used so that um, we're not just like just thinking like, oh, what can we do out of all of the possibilities to help with youth mental health that maybe we could, you know, reuse past measures and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I didn't, I didn't mean in any ways to like try to say that we can't do stuff. I think that, um, I think that we've just in the past had problems with being a little bit too high level and a little bit too like trying to think like, oh, let's solve this in like one fell swoop. And I think that um, I just wanted to remind us all to like stay a little bit more grounded so that we can actually achieve something concrete rather than think of something really big and achieve nothing. Okay. Um, Commissioner Patel. Um, I was going to say something kind of similar to what Commissioner Bizet said. I also think this may be kind of too big. It's like a larger issue, but within mental health, um, uh, we could focus on a smaller problem, kind of like a big problem that I've thought of is stereotypes or kind of preconceived notions around getting help or around um, kind of people who struggle with their mental health. So maybe doing an event or like educating people, somehow trying to attack the specific stereotypes that people have around mental health um, could be an idea for a project. I don't really have like a concrete idea yet, but that is um, something that I think the commission might be able to focus on if we want to do mental health. Great. Okay, cool. Um, Commissioner McGinnar. I had a few ideas about what we should do in regards of the mental health plan, and I was thinking maybe like educating youth on their rights regarding mental health and getting mental health because I feel like there's a lot of youth who are uneducated in that like area because not everyone really goes and researches those things so uh, providing like resources and something to just educate people on their rights I feel like that would be really important and a good thing and also reaching out to existing programs and like schools communities hospitals things like that and like just like educating, like, giving them feedback on youth voices and, like, the research that we've done as well. I don't know where I was going with that one. I kind of lost track of my my mind. And just more access to, like, resources and, like, like other places you can get help because I know, like, when you're, like, youth reach out to, like, medical offices, like hospitals and, like, Kaiser and things like that, it can, it can take weeks to get help and just providing more like resources and areas they can go to and like what what their insurance covers and just things like that. Great, uh, Commissioner Bizrat. Um Well, I have a clarifying question for Sarah. So yeah. we don't have to pick one of these projects, right? We do all three and we divvy, divvy up the focus, correct? 
That's correct. You pick one, two, or three, or four. I, I mean, this is this is your your plan. But I did want to I did want to specify, we've had large culminating events at the end of these projects primarily. However, a focus can be something as simple as uh, Commissioner Makadar or, or uh, Commissioner Fong was mentioning that it can be a resource list. It can be. Um, uh, uh, but providing, you know, what what are students' rights? What are youth's rights? And that can be your culminating project. Um, so it can look, it can be a huge event, but it's feasibility, right? So I understand what Chair Sue was saying. Uh, but if you try to solve world peace, you think, oh, we're never going to do that. Start small. I think uh, Commissioner Patel had mentioned, you know, there's small aspects of it that you can you can kind of tick away. And then looking at 2024, okay, what can we accomplish in that 12-month span versus what can we accomplish in this six month span. Um, so it can be a kickoff point, um, kind of what you're, what you're alluding to. So yes, you can select all three, you can select one, you can select two. Um, that's, that's completely your call. Okay. Well, um, moving from that, I think that obviously we all have ambitious, like things that we want to do as a commission. And I think that in order for us to have the most efficient impact as a commission, the Sacramento Youth Voice Project is incredibly important because if I'm being completely honest, I didn't know what the commission was until a friend of mine who was on this commission told me what it was. And I don't think I ever would have found out about it if my friend didn't tell me. And um, if we don't have like such, not like a household name type impact, but like people, like the majority of youth communities know who we are and what we are here for, then for the larger issues like mental health, then we will actually have a larger impact on those things. So I think starting on the basis of letting people know who we are and if people, I mean, like what um, Vice Chair Mila Shigura said, that there probably will be more commissioners joining us, um, letting them know that, hey, this is what we're going to focus on, and all of that kind of stuff will kind of set a strong foundation for us to actually have a good impact on whatever we decide to focus on. Uh, if I could just add to that really quickly, I really um, enjoy that perspective um, immensely, especially considering the fact um, that as we get more and more into the year, we are a resource that youth can use um, as a starting off point on how they want to jump on their own projects if they have their own individual um, school projects within their, sorry, um, projects within their schools or like own commissions within their schools. Um, those those um, groups can use us as a way to get ad, um, feedback for what they want, um, especially from a perspective of a city council or commission. So I, I think that you, your, um, what you were spoke on is like very, yeah, I agree with what you were saying. Great, okay, um, Commissioner Fong. Yes, I also agree with Commissioner Bizrat. I think there should be more opportunities. Well, I already know there's like a lot of opportunities for youth to make like impacts on their communities, but most youth like don't really know about any of that. So I think it's really important to focus on giving youth more opportunities and also providing with them with the information to learn about those opportunities to make actual impact and change and like start that process early on of getting involved. And then um, I also like to say that I think depending maybe on people's availability and how many people could do 
be in work groups, we could also just do like um, focus on one big thing with like an event and then have like a small work group to like continue um, advertising like all the mental health resources that the city has because I know the youth commission did a lot of work on that last year and I think it would be pretty easy to at least continue on with some of that. Thank you. Commissioner Stormy. Yeah, I've, I feel like it would be very useful if the if youth became more aware about us because then they could, you know, relay what they want to us so we could actually share it opposed to them being like, what's a youth commission? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, great. Um, it's a great discussion. I, I was just going to recommend to the council or to the commission that um, the code outlines the powers and duties of the commission, and it's always a good uh, idea to frame any uh, objectives underneath those rules. And I think that a lot of the commentary we've heard today does that. Some of the ideas we've heard um, are, are related to that. But uh, again, it's just my recommendation that the commission be cognizant of the fact that the, you know this is primarily an advisory body um, the, prescribed by the city code. Uh, this is established for the purpose of providing advice. Uh, and likewise, um, the powers and duties are outlined. I think there is one. Six enumerated um, uh, powers and duties set forth in the code. So it's easy to tether uh, some objectives or goals to what's set out in the code. And that's a good, I think, guidepost uh, when you're doing something like this. That's it. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Um, I think before we move on to the next item, if can we do like a show of hands to like see who's interested in doing? What? So you got to take a, a someone needs to make a motion, and, and there'll have to be a second. So the and clerk, you, please correct me if I'm wrong, but if I, I guess someone who needs who has a, a vision for what it is they want, I make a motion to approve. X, Y, and Z, or X, or just X, Y, however you want to, and then someone second that, and then you move forward. Okay. I, I was just asking for, like, I was just going to say, like, who's interested in, like, Aggie Square and, like, raise your hand. Can, it, like, that stuff happen without a vote, or? I don't know. Can, can I ask for clerk assistance on that? Um. Yes, because the recommend the recommendation is to uh, you know review, discuss the annual plan and work groups, and it does seem that this pertains to the work groups as far as clarifying how you're going to move forward with the plan. Um, so I think that can precede the motion. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so to clarify, you can be interested in multiple. You can be interested in all three. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just we'll just go down the list. Are you asking for work group interest, or are you asking for project interest? Just like focus interest. Uh, just like interest in like the focus. Like, would you be interested in working under this like focus in any capacity as like a researcher, whatever, like social media person? Um, in any work group, would you be interested in working in this topic? Does that make sense for people? Okay. Um, Sacramento Youth Voice. 
Okay, cool. Uh, mental health. Okay, cool. Uh, Aggie Square. Okay, cool. Okay, um, yeah, that's that's just all. I was trying to just gauge what people were feeling. Um, okay, uh, next I item. Uh, this item. Oh, yeah, oh, it does it. require. Okay, okay, we that's okay. So it makes a lot more sense. Okay, uh, this item does require a vote to adopt the. Is it twenty twenty two? Is that a typo? Uh, just read the item. Oh. Uh, item name. Uh, this item does require a vote to adopt the Sacramento Youth Commission 2023 annual plan. Um, is there a motion and a second for the approval of the 2023 annual plan? Motion. I second. I have a motion by Vice Chair Mila Segura and a second by Commissioner Morley, correct? Okay, cool. Uh, clerk, will you please call the roll for a vote? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute your microphones. Commissioner Bizrat? Aye. Commissioner Stormy? Aye. Commissioner Corliss is absent. Commissioner Fitt? Aye. Commissioner Fong? Aye. Commissioner Morley? Aye. Commissioner Mukadar? Aye. Commissioner Patel? Aye. Vice Chair Miller Segura? Aye. Chair Sue? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Great. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you, sir, for the presentation. Uh, we'll now move on to. Oh, I think I think you spoke already. I think. Okay, we'll now move on to our last agenda item, North and Thomas Youth Workforce Development Plan. Um, yeah, we can get started. Good evening, Commission. My name is Chris Wimberly. I am a Recreation Superintendent with the Department of Youth, Parks, and Community Enrichment, and I am excited to be here tonight. I'm bringing home kind of tonight's meeting. This is just an informational item. So I am here to advise you of an upcoming program that on May 30th was approved by council. It's a joint venture between the city of Sacramento and the Sacramento Housing Develop Sacramento Housing and Redevelopment Agency. And there's been an approval for $100,000 to be made available for a, the North Natomas Youth Workforce Development Program that will be happening out in the North Natomas community within eight housing complexes that are in that community. I have the listing here. So what this program will be doing is providing an opportunity for in-person programming for young people 13 to 18 years of age. It is stipend-based. It is a six-week program. Um, they will meet twice a week with a base stipend of $300. And then each Friday, there will be an opportunity to attend a workshop. And for each workshop you attend, there'll be four of them. You can earn an additional $25 for each of the workshops in which you attend. So in theory, after the six weeks, you can make a stipend amount of up to $400. 
So the program um, participants are going to learn a variety of life skills that are going to assist them in guiding them into making positive decisions within just their um, everyday um, everyday opportunities that they uh, may be coming across and challenges that they may have, but also working on focusing on work, youth workforce development opportunities for young people to learn how many of you have made a resume. How many of you have had an interview? I, I recognize faces, and some of you have been part of some of our programs that the city offers, but not everybody has. So it'll be a requirement for the participants to live in one of these eight housing complexes. That'll be one of the criteria, and we'll be starting to focus our outreach efforts to those community um, locations. We will have additional staff that will be hired on um, as soon as we get the budget numbers for us to hire these staff and we'll start the recruitment. We're hoping, um, we were hoping to start this earlier in the year, but we are getting a late start. Our goal is to have 90 youth participate. Um, that is a, a big goal since we're only really going to have about five months um, to complete this by the end of this calendar year, but we're going to do the best that we can to have this program and get as many youth involved in it. We're going to be hosting it at the North Natomas Aquatic Center, at the community center there. So we're hoping that that centralized location will be a great opportunity for residents in those apartment complexes to come there um, into a localized location. We will do registration and outreach targeted to those um, apartment complexes also. So it won't be something... Um, that they're going to have to go somewhere else to learn about it. So we'll be doing presentations and such during the summertime. Um, that really concludes my information to you. It, we will be bringing back um, kind of an overview of where we ended up by the end of this calendar year, probably in 2024. We're hoping that this will be something that is a continuous program that we have functioning out in this North Natomas area. So if you have any questions, but again, this is more informational for you guys to hear about it. You do have the scope of work and the activities that are going to be happening within the program. So it kind of outlines everything for you. So that concludes my information. Great. Thank you for the presentation. Um, Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips in chambers. I do have one caller with their hand raised. Uh, Colin... User one, I'm going to unmute you now. Yes, my name is Lambert Davis, and I, I study City Hall a lot. And as I listened to the presentation, it dawned on me it's a good program. However, because it's only $100,000 that's being spent, and when I say only, I'm, I'm speaking in the context of the amount of the budget of the city. As a native of Del Paso Heights, this looks like a program that should fit perfect there as well. I'm just wondering why it's just limited to North Natomas. They have a lot of, they get a lot of, they're a well-served community, if I can put it that way. And I think that this program should be implemented in Del Paso Heights. There's a lot of very talented teenagers that attend Grant High School, and it sounds like that's the age group. And so I would hope that the outreach would go to Grant High School. 
and uh, make sure some of those teenagers that are accomplishing a lot uh, should be part of a program like this. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no more speakers on this item. Thank you, Clerk. Um, thank you, Mr. Davis, for your public comment. Um, now on to commissioners. Commissioner Bizrat. <laughs> Firstly, I'd like to say thank you for your presentation. Um, this is a really wonderful program. As a community member of the North Natomas region, I know that, um, especially for a lot of the kids in my high school, there isn't a lot of guidance, specifically in um, the workforce and stuff like that, and stuff outside of high school for those who probably are not planning on attending higher ed education. Um, yeah, I just think this is really wonderful. Um, I'm really glad to hear about this. Um, sorry, I forgot what my question was. Um, well, I guess another question would be, I know that North Natomas does tend to have a lot of opportunities for its youth um, and their development, and there are more underserved communities throughout the Sacramento region that could really benefit from this program, and I was wondering if there was, um, if you guys had any plans of, like, kind of reaching out further into the Sacramento region. So actually, this project that's funded by SHRA, it is based upon some tax, um, some fees that are paid by some develop those eight developers for these projects. So it is required to go back into those communities, those eight communities. So that's why specifically we are targeting those eight project, those um, eight apartment complexes. Um, we also offer primetime teens. Some of you may... I know uh, one of our commissioners has gone through primetime teen. Um, Councilmember Stormy has been part of it. So there are other opportunities for young people, 13 to 17 or four, 13 to 17 years of age for primetime teen. Um, and as Mr. Davis was talking about, there's a target area for Grant High School. We actually have at Hagenwood this summer. We have our primetime team program that is happening. That currently um, we have a wait list because our 34 slots are filled. We also just completed it out at South Natoma. So we do offer other programming opportunities that are very similar to this project here. Um, our hope also is to guide young people from program to program. So we have a Young Leaders of Tomorrow program for 10 to 12-year-olds as a stipend base. Then we have our primetime teen program. Um, then we have our landscape and learning program that is actually a workforce development youth are hired. Um, we have a junior rec aid program along with our um, Workforce Innovation and Opportunities Act program or WIOA program. So there are a lot of workforce opportunities that the requirement is that you are a city resident, city of Sacramento city limits, um, and you have to fit into the age criteria. But our goal is we're all, we want people young people to be able to transition from program to program and also that career pathway, integrate into our Sacramento Youth Commission, integrate into our summer at City Hall programming. So we have young people that are getting those tools to become um, effective young adults and be those, you know, having your voice heard and being able to come to forums like this and be able to speak out. So there are other opportunities that are out there. It just happens to be this one is focused on these eight apartment complexes due to the funding stream. Um, and one tip that I might have for outreach is that 
I know there are a lot of youth development programs, like stipend-based ones, just like this one. So I think that if you were looking for more applicants or more um, youth to be involved in this program, then maybe um, connecting with other youth development programs, like Summer at City Hall and stuff like that, letting them know, hey, there's this one. Maybe there could be eligible students or youth in that program that could fit here, and also in schools. I mean, I know we always say that you should probably advertise in schools, but I know especially for Intercom High School, for um, for example, there are a lot of students who live in these communities, and they probably won't find out about this. So if you put this into like nearby schools, like North Dakotomis High, stuff like that, that might be helpful. And I appreciate that, and we, we do work closely with the school district, but we also have connections to the charter schools, to the, um, to the alternative schools that are in that community. Again, the criteria for participating is the age range of 13 to 18 and required to live in one of those eight apartment complexes to participate in this program. Great, okay. Uh, Commissioner Fong. Yeah, so first of all, thank you for the presentation. Um, I was wondering what types of skills would be taught and then how those skills were decided on. So we're still in the process of making the development of specifically what skills are going to be in it because we wanted to also get the staff on board that we would be hiring. But we're looking at utilizing um, a programming system utilized by the Sacramento Employment and Training uh, Agency, SETA, who is really a workforce um, um, opportunity for all ages to learn different methods of identifying your strengths or resume building. And they actually have a metric system that has topic areas that have smaller modules, work um, modules that are beneath it. So we're looking at trying to develop. So if it's on, um, let's just say resume building, that's the end goal, and they have six other smaller components within it. it you do these online, but we will have staff that are there working with the participants, assisting them if they're struggling and, and making sure that they're able to complete them. And so when they complete a module, they would get like a certificate of completion. So we haven't identified specifically, we have an idea, but we really want to have the staff that we're hiring on to be able to be part of that conversation because it's really important for um, those that are delivering the service are part of putting it together too. Mm -hmm. Great, Commissioner Patel. Um, thank you again for your presentation. As a resident of North Natomas, um, I personally am very excited about this program, and I think that it's going to help a lot of people. Um, my question is, so I know that you mentioned that this was a six-week program. Um, do you think that this program, is it going to start like this summer? Or when do you predict the start date would be? So our goal is to have a cohort in the beginning part of fall, so almost after summer ends. We still have to do recruitment for the three positions that we have approved to recruit for. So our goal is to do some of this outreach during the summertime to get a fall cohort. Um, two sessions, maybe a Monday-Wednesday session and a Tuesday-Thursday session, with each of those sessions having up to 25 youth participating. Um, so having a first cohort of 50 um, and then trying to do a second cohort before the end of the year. Um, some of it for us, too, is we really want to have quality, not just quantity. 
So we wanna make sure what we're putting out there works with the number of youth that we're trying to engage with too. So um, even though we have a budget for 90, I don't think it's the right way to put it out there. Okay, we're having 90 kids, our first cohort 30, you know, 45 and 45. The larger the numbers, it's more difficult um, to have that success rate. So we're starting with 25, two cohorts um, for six weeks. So we'll, we'll look at how that goes and then refine it as we move forward too. All right, um, any other commissioners? have ideas, comments, questions? Okay, cool. Thank you, Chris, Thank you. for the presentation. Um, final item of kind of fish of the day. Um, member comments, ideas, questions, and meeting conference report. Any members who wish to speak on this item? It's basically where we just go through again. Um, so, clerk, can you just call the roll and we can go straight down? Oh, do I do that first or? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Never mind. We're going down the list. Commissioner Bissarat. Um, well, I graduated high school a couple days ago, which was very exciting. Thank you. Um, so I've been kind of just spending time with family, celebrating, stuff like that. Um, but that also means that all of my in-school commitments have ended, which is kind of sad, but also a little bit relieving. Um, so just moving into the summer, I'm finding new things that I could occupy myself with alongside this and my Poetry Slam team. Um, so I've been kind of in a lull currently, but... Commissioner Stormy. Um, let's see. Finished my first AP exam. Attended my first like official rally. It was all super fun, but finals are coming up. Um, but after that, during summer, I'll I'll find some opportunities to do. So yeah. Commissioner Fit. Um, I'm also just trying to finish school right now. I have two weeks left, but um, during the summer, without school, I'm looking forward to working um, in some work groups. So, Commissioner Fong? Yeah, so I recently finished off the last of my AP tests and finals, so congratulations to everyone else who finished AP tests. And good luck to everyone who still hasn't finished finals yet. Um, and then last week, I did a speech at the raising of the pride flag ceremony at the Capitol. And then I think this Sunday, I'm going to the pride march. And I invite all the other commissioners to come out and do that too, if they're interested. And yeah. Commissioner Morley. Um, so I remember at one of our last meetings, I asked for your um, luck with me running for vice president of my black student union, and I will be vice president next year, so I'm very happy about that. Thank you. Um, and then besides that, I'm just trying to finish up these long last two weeks of school, um, getting ready for finals, um, celebrating Pride Month, which is going to be really fun. Um, and I guess this summer just... Trying to get ready for senior year. I heard from my senior friends it's going to be pretty, um, it's going to be an adventure. So <laughs> they, 
that'll be fun working on your personal statement and wrapping up those grades and all that fun stuff. But it'll be an experience, and I'm excited to take on the adventure. Commissioner Mukadar? Um, I'm a senior, and I have two more days of school left, so I've been basically just really focused on my finals and getting done with school because I am really done with school. <laughs> I have two finals tomorrow, which are my last two finals, and then after that I have a lot of trips, events, things I have to attend, and basically this whole month I've just been really focused on just getting through my last month of senior year. Commissioner Patel? Um, so I ended school uh, about a few weeks ago, and then kind of like what Commissioner Moyley said, I'm also just getting ready for senior year um, and trying to get ahead. And then also I think uh, previously I mentioned that I was volunteering for like a middle school model UN program. And so this past weekend, actually I got back like yesterday, um, I was able to go on a trip where I helped, um, it was all of Northern California, middle schoolers from all over, and I helped them pass resolutions and kind of emulate what the UN does with um, both, like, security counts, like, with both departments. And so it um, was really fun to kind of see them gain confidence and also learn more about the government. Vice Chair Miller Segura. Uh, we just recently had our last rally of the year, which was very sad because my co-head is a senior, so she is graduating, and I won't have her as a partner next year, but I did get reelected, so that will be in my <laughs> position um, next year. Um, uh, as for now, we, well, we just went to yearbook convention um, up in... Uh, Oh, uh, Rockland, and we're having another one in San Diego in July. Our book has been finalized, so all of that's getting shipped out. So we're just working on kind of publicizing and getting more people to buy the extras. Um, we have finalized the dress code in the dress code committee that we have been working on throughout the year. So that's cool. Um, I just had a Model UN convention, and I'm going to Boston <laughs> or later this month for a school trip, and I'm just kind of beyond that, working on um, getting my senior project started up for next year and debating between ideas, but right now I'm thinking Senior Assassins is my number one pick for that. Yeah. And Chair Sue? Um, I thought I was going to have nothing to say, and then everyone said stuff, and I was like, oh, I did some of that. Um, so... Um, I got elected as ASP president for next year. Um, so, yeah, we're doing interviews for next year's ASB. We've got, like, 25 appointed positions to fill, and we had, like, 60 applicants, so that's a whole ordeal. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to keep the trees from dying in the quad this summer, um, teaching the class officers how to water them and whatever. Um... <laughs> Oh, um, on Wednesday, I'm speaking at uh, kind of like a, a workshop thing for boards and commissions um, with Mindy um, and another member of one of the boards um, about like specifically catered to youth um, and try to encourage them to apply for the Sacramento Children's Fund. 
um, commission. So that should be fun, um, helping people with that application, kind of just speaking on my experience um, with the Youth Commission. Oh, oh, yeah. And um, right, like, after my AP tests ended, um, the Sutter debate team that I coach um, debated at their final tournament, and we actually won best school, and one of our teams placed in the top five. So that was pretty cool to kind of see all my work from the year, and they actually, like, learned something from me. And they, they, they did pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now that we're through... Everyone, um, we'll move on to our last item, public comments matters not on the agenda. Um, clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips in chambers. I do have one caller with their hand raised. Call in user one. I'm going to unmute you. Yes, this is Lambert Davis, and I, I wanted to send a shout out to the Youth Commission as a person who graduated from Grant High School in 1976, I, can, I just had a reflection back listening to all of the seniors and the ones who are graduating and the ones who are coming back. Make sure you enjoy your youth because you don't want to regret it when you look back on it. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, so make sure you take advantage of it. And I wanted to announce to the youth that my family owns the cheesecake business, and the millennials, I'm a baby boomer, the millennials took our cheesecakes viral last week. I'm still learning what viral means. My children and grandchildren have to teach me, but I know cheesecake, though. And I want to leave you our website, and if you need cheesecakes for anything, if you say you're part of the youth commission, you'll get a discount because I know you don't have that much money. Our uh, website is to the bay and back. It's spelled just like it sounds. T O the bay and back cheesecake without an S dot com. By the time you look at this website, it'll make you hungry and want to call us. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no more speakers. That concludes our agenda for today. Thank you, everyone, for your participation, and meeting is adjourned at 8.13.